Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to the Strange Catholic Show. This week, we're going to talk, expand that conversation that Father Doug started on with vocations. Our saint this week is Saint Bonaventure. We also get to have Bob's first cup today as well. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you please awaken within us the gifts of your Holy Spirit. That we be attentive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That our words be your words. For we ask that our hearts be open to how you are moving within and among us. Let us always be open to how you are pulling us and pushing us, so we may not resist your will. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll turn it over to Bob for the first cup for the first time in a long time. So two two things quickly. One, we've talked about this back and forth over the week. Um, the priest from across the diocese down there that was removed because in setting, saying incendiary comments, controversial comments, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but that priest was finally removed by the bishop because of uh, those issues and his will and his unwillingness to change his ways. And then there was a consequence and, and it's an unfortunate situation. So um, I just think it, it just is a microcosm of what's happening nationally in regards to the polarization of our country and the, and really the divisiveness and the, the dividing of really two groups of people, probably more than that, but two major groups of people, you know, the basically a left camp and a right camp. And unfortunately, the church is getting drawn into that more and more as we talk through things here. Um, so that's really, really, really tragic that that happened. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was something that happened in Minnesota. You had a uh, a representative of your state who was involved in a uh, traffic stop and um, it was discovered that he may not live in Minnesota and he was elected to the House of Representatives. Now, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if he's a Minnesota resident, but it it 
it does smell a little fishy that he might not be, but the this just adds to the divisiveness in our country that the next couple of days after that, people rally to his side as if everything's okay. Right. That even if he lives in Wisconsin, it was okay that we elected him to the House of Representatives from a district in St. Paul. So um, I think what it shows me, and it's just a, a point of emphasis, both of them are, but the second one, for sure, the point of emphasis that truth means nothing anymore. Okay, so so what what is important anymore? I mean, we don't care that, you know, we don't care that this gentleman is not really what he's supposed to be, if that's the truth. And we're just okay that, you know, I mean, if, if he did the, let's say the Donald Trump was a perfect example of this, where he said, I could go out and shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and nothing would happen to me. I mean, are we okay with this guy going out and shooting somebody on on uh, Larpenter or something? I mean, in St. Paul, I mean, I just, what, 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 what are we going to, when are we going to say that enough is too, not, enough is too much and we get back to some civil sanity in our society and i guess the first first point shows that there is right there's you can only go too far and and there are consequences for your actions in the second case there doesn't seem to be consequences for your actions so maybe i was able to tie those two things together properly yeah it, let me just make sure i'm tracking the right representative this is the one that also said he was profiled for being pulled over right even though he didn't have a front license plate and his license was right. suspended and i want to stay right. i want to stay away from all of that stuff and, and i listen i just I wanted to make sure I, this is the same right. incident we're talking yeah. about yeah i i don't think and he's a democrat we can say that that has nothing to do I, to with me him yeah being i don't a democrat. think that matters at all no no and and listen i don't there's been some conjecture uh, through some of the media sources that I've seen that it, that well, if this was a Republican, we would have just run him out on the rails. I don't know that to be the case. Maybe we would they would have rallied around him and said it's not a big deal either. Right. But it just yeah. shows the devolving of rules and norms. Whereas I think in the church case, as much as some have been sympathetic to that priest, I think we were all in agreement that. You just you can't say those divisive things, um, and they're untrue. You you just can't say that all. You can't label a political party a whole group of people and just say you're all going to be this way or all this other stuff. I mean, it's just, and there were consequences for his actions. And and as you've said, he's continued to even devolve further in his comments once he's been removed from the from the parish. So. Mm -hmm. I think there's some similarities between these two gentlemen, actually. Well, so the thing I wanted to comment with Father Altman was that uh, I don't I don't remember if this was prior to Father Altman receiving. It must have been after after Bishop Callahan had already sent the letter via FedEx to Father Altman. Uh, Elatia had the article about Padre Pio and how he was on how he was removed from his ability to do practice anything publicly. So 
mass could only be done privately. Um, couldn't hear confess like there were a lot of things that he couldn't do right in his as far as a public office, like he couldn't do these things in public anymore. And uh, St. Padre Pio accepted these things, right? Went into this life of seclusion. It wasn't for a short period of time. This was a very extended period of time and he suffered greatly for it. But once he was vindicated, right? Once he was found to not be doing whatever it was that the people said, I think they said he was making up his stigmata. It was all a face, false, right? I'm not comparing Father Altman and St. Padre Pio. I'm just giving a sim, a, two comparisons of priests removed by their bishop, their, fac, their public faculties removed so that they can't publicly uh, celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. They can't um, do a lot of the things that priests are doing out in the public, right? Baptisms, all those kinds of things, right? Those are similar. The restrictions are very similar, almost exactly the same as far as what was uh, enforced against St. Padre Pio and what was enforced against Father Altman. I'm not saying the two are the same. I'm just giving the similarities as far as the bishop, both, both bishops in both instances or both um, superiors, I should say, rather, uh, removed the ability to do things in public. And for one... We know, uh, especially with Padre Pio, right, this, is a, this was a great injustice, but they didn't know that at the time. They thought, this is what we need to do. We're pretty sure this is a farce. He's just garnering a lot of attention because of the, the stigmata that we think he, he did to himself. So I just thought that was a very interesting perspective. We will, of course, post a link to this article on Elitia. It just, it, it draws, I think, to that, you know, Yes, we're called to obedience, especially those that are ordained, right? We have we uh, priests, especially they're placing their hands within the bishop and promising that obedience to the bishop. We as deacons also promise obedience to the bishop. Um, and it does not mean that we follow something unjust, right? If our bishop told us to go out and murder someone or whatever, we don't do that because that's an unjust um, order. Those things we don't have to follow. But the things that are at least reasonable, even if we don't agree with them, those are things we're supposed to follow, right? That's part of our, our our role as obedience. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't say, hey, Bishop, I really disagree with this thing, but it doesn't mean that we get on a platform like this and we start lambasting, you know, Bishop, whoever, right? In my opinion, right? We take that privately. We go to that person. We try to work that out. That's my opinion as controversial as it probably is in today's world. Well, you gotta, that, that's my opinion you is think. that it's, you got to, there's a lot of what Father Altman says that is, he he's speaking church teaching, right? He's not, a lot of the things, not all the things, but a lot of the things that he does say, especially from the pulpit, are, it's just church teaching. He's but we just, don't condemn the people though. No, even in his even in his homilies, if you listen to his homilies, he's not condemning this person or that person. He's saying, if you do this, then this will happen. If you don't do this, then this will happen. So the video, the very produced video that Alpha News put out, right, that's a different thing. But I'm talking about his actual homilies, the part that a bishop actually has the pervy over. Um, Boy, he's really got pervy over all of it. I mean, he's got pervy over him making videos for Alpha News, which is a way right-wing organization, he, he's got purview over all of it because because it reflects on that whole diocese and on the church. 
And I don't think any bishop, you know, I don't know that many bishops. I've known a few, but just knowing the leaders generally, they don't go, boy, I just really want to remove him. No, that's the last thing they want to do because it brings so much negative press. They don't want to make a decision like that. They want those guys to act professionally, you know, and I don't think Father Altman was acting professionally. At least the bishop didn't seem to think he was. And from what, okay, so from what we know, it seems like from everything that I've been able to read and kind of piece together, it seems like Bishop Callahan reached out, was it September, October of last year, right? I believe so. Asking, you know, that he pare it back, tone it down. I believe that's what he said. Okay. Not verbatim, but roughly something like that. And then there was another, if you don't stop, then, you know, things will be removed. And then we got to this, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was three separate. And it doesn't mean, and Father Altman had always spoke very positively, even, okay, up until the most recent uh, FedEx letter that arrived at his parish. Prior to that, he always spoke very positively about Bishop Callahan, and all of a sudden, like, the switch flipped. So it's it's just an observation I made uh, pre-show. I just talked about, you know, I think we definitely need to pray for Father Altman because there seems to be, there almost seems to be, I would say, uh, a, a radical shift in the things he's saying um, in light of what Bishop Callahan um, sent to him. Uh, ordered him to do so it it just seems like a a very big shift from where he was and the way with which he would speak about his local ordinary his bishop bishop callahan to what i've heard him say all across many many platforms and even the possibility of him saying you know that he'd be open to looking at the sspx so it just seems like it's devolving quickly could have been hyperbolic he could have just been saying that with the company of people he was in, but just some things I've heard and noticed. Well, and it's unfortunate that this um, priest has taken that path, if you will, away from, you know, his, A, his obedience to the bishop, uh, B, bringing his people uh, into the light of Christ. Kind of what Jeremiah is talking about, in the first reading for this weekend, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, you know, woe to those who, you know, are not leading, are not shepherding their sheep. And I, in my opinion, Father Altman is, is not doing his Episcopal order of leading his flock. He's well, okay, creating so... more divisiveness in in my opinion. So I, I would say for his parish, his parish has continued to grow and his parish community has been thriving. So I think it's outside of his parish that Bishop Callahan is is speaking of. I don't think it's inside okay. of his parish. Okay. Okay. Then I'm wrong and I apologize. Yeah. So statistics, he's grown people over prior to and, you know, kind of after everything's opened up. He's added more families than people that have moved away. Um, so I think it's outside of St. James the Lesser Parish. And I think it's the broader things, if I had to guess. 
since his parish is doing that well. Okay. Okay. Well, and to go back to your point, Bob, you know, talking about, you know, the truth not really mattering. You know, it it seems like those that speak the loudest are the ones who are perceived to have the truth. And it may not be always correct. So it is unfortunate, fortunate and unfortunate, fortunate that this um, politician has been discovered uh, and the the coming days will bear that out, whether he was being fraudulent or not. But in my in my opinion, I really think that uh, people coming to his defense saying, you know, that he's being racially profiled when clearly he was breaking the law by not having a license plate on the front of his vehicle in the state of Minnesota. And even if he's from Wisconsin, it's still a requirement in the state of Wisconsin. So either way, he's breaking the law and to say that he's being racially profiled, I think is overlooking the fact that, hey, he did break the law. And kind of like Father Altman, as a politician in public standard, he is held to a higher level of accountability than the average citizen and should be held to that higher level of accountability because he is making the laws that shape our communities. And so therefore, if if you are making the laws and then turning around and breaking the laws, you're not fulfilling your duty, your sworn duty as a as serving the people. So that's that's all I have. I mean, as a state representative, he could always have the law rewritten, right? <laughs> he could. He could. He, he could say you could serve the uh, state of Minnesota not, while living in the state of Wisconsin. <clears throat> no, yeah, he's not serving in Wisconsin. But uh, yeah, no, I got it. And I think there's some similarities and there's still differences between these two guys. But, you know, remember there is an effective way to be a truth teller, get your message across. But sometimes when you always when you put it on fire, you might you're, you're going to get some people, but, you know. You're also going to. Run the risk of, you know, having a lot of water put on your fire, too. So and when you turn it, when you get it a little too hot, so you got to kind of feel the audience that's around you as well. OK, that's all I have for the first cup for this week. Let's transition and Phil is going to take the lead. Thanks, Bob. So we're just going to expand a little bit with fa- what Father Doug talked about in our last episode. Last episode, uh, Father Doug was giving just beautiful witnesses to that that real relationship that we have, not just with Christ, but with others as well, and how others are able to call out from within us that thing that God has already placed within us, right? So sometimes I might know, you know, what jim bob's vocation is because i can just tell i can just see it exuding from him but maybe he's really wrestling with it right uh i've noticed this i can't say this is always the case but i've noticed this where people will be kind of in a discernment loop 
that just goes on and on. And I know Father Mike Schmitz has talked about this before too. Like, uh, you know, where you get in a in a loop of not like taking a step forward, right? You're just circling around, circling around. Is it where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? Waiting, 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 waiting. Not like making that next step. And that's kind of what Father Mike Schmitz is talking about in his video, which we will link. Um, and I think in essence, I would say at least that's what Father Doug was talking about. I also heard him preach on Tuesday, so I might I could be blending a little bit of the two. But uh, roughly, OK. You know, the, the whole idea is in order to to really know what God is is speaking to us. It's going to be the quietest of the whispers, right? It's not going to be in the earthquakes. It's not going to be in the fires. It's not going to be in the crashing. It's going to be in that quiet whisper. And the only way we can hear the whisper is to not listen to the shouts of the world. The world is shouting to drown out that whisper that God places upon our heart. So sometimes it's really scary to do the thing that God is asking us to do because it's a big change, right? Sometimes we don't want to do it because it's easier to do the more comfortable route. But we don't know, maybe if we say yes to whatever it is that God is asking of us, that thing that maybe doesn't seem so heroic to us to just say yes and do the thing he's asking us to do really could have a transformational change for all of those that we encounter, right? We have no idea what God has in store for us. And if we can just respond with a yes more to God and less to ourselves, we have no idea. But my goodness, does our world need more of us to say yes to God more than we need to say yes to ourselves? And, okay, I know I've gone off on a tangent from what Father Doug was talking about, so I won't pull him into this anymore. But, uh, you know, it, it. I think a big portion of what we're seeing talking about the portion in the first cup um, is, is people focusing on individual, right? And, and we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And all of us baptized Christians are members of the body of Christ. And so we, we need to call each other out like father Altman did, right? When he called people out on different things, and we also need to, when other people call us out, we need to receive that, right? We need to receive that well. We can't just automatically reject it, you know, chastise them, whatever it might be, because they're calling us out on a thing that we shouldn't be doing. But instead, you know, take that, rest with it, bring it to prayer and say, hey, God, is this you? Are you speaking through this person? Because this really hurts and I don't want to hear this right now, right? That's that's part of it. The the things that God is asking of us, the things that he's He's directing us towards are not always, in fact, most often are not easy things. They're, they're going to be more difficult. Jesus Christ tells us this in the Gospels. And still yet, we need to, we need to continue to push forward. We can't just ignore his call for us or choose the easier route or just say, I'm just going to go with the more comfortable route because that's a lot easier. But then we miss out on them. whatever it was that would have happened if we would have just said yes to God. So be it the big things or the small things, whatever it might be. I think part of what we need to do is, again, say yes to God more than we say yes to ourselves. And we cannot 
fall into that trap of just sitting in ourselves and not allowing God to just, God's prompting us. We just have to listen to it. And if we can just respond and not, not just get too comfortable and be afraid to take a step. Terry, save me, brother. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, Phil, that you brought up the, uh, how God talks to us, not in the, not in the storm, not in the, the big, huge events, but in the whisper and in the, and the, in the silence. Um, I just received this book in the mail, um, actually on Thursday, uh, from dynamic Catholic, uh, to give them a little, uh, pub here. And you will appreciate the title of this book, Phil. The Wisdom of Fulton Sheen. Oh, my goodness. 365 Days of Inspiration. What? And, Who wrote and, this book? And uh, Is it Dr. Alan Smith? It's uh, actually an introduction uh, by Matthew Kelly. I'm looking for the author. By the way, guys, while Terry's looking for this, you got to really look up uh, bishopsheentoday.com. Bishopsheentoday.com. Okay. You got to go check that out. It has almost all the videos, a bunch of the audio, books, free resources. Go check out Bishop Sheen today. If we can get Alan I, Smith on here, we'll gladly have him. I think it was, it's um, just inspirational quotes that maybe the staff at Dynamic Catholic put together from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Um, cause it's not crediting anywhere in the book, a uh, specific author. It just says, mm. uh, an introduction by Matthew Kelly, huh. but for that, all that aside for today, July 16th, the, uh, quote for today is most commit the same mistake with God that they do with their friends. They do all the talking. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, so this, my quote from Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen today was, is the soul the tool of the body or the body the tool of the soul? There you go. That was my there Bishop Sheen quote today. <laughs> so look at, look at us. We just, uh, we just got it. You know, and I, a lot of this, I think, points to St. Bonaventure and his Absolutely. infinite wisdom. I mean, got a little bit overshadowed by St. Thomas Aquinas having lived in the same time period as the great angelic doctor, right? But they're both doctors of the church. We'll talk, uh, Terry will cover St. Bonaventure a lot, but St. Bonaventure has that, has that beautiful quote that I think, you know, kind of puts a bow around all this, right? Um, it, no, no. So none comes to contemplation save through penetrating meditation, holy conversation and devout prayer. So to think of, I mean, just listen to any of those, you know, just penetrating meditation. Are my Is my meditation penetrating? Uh, maybe some of my conversations with God are holy, but maybe sometimes I don't really feel that way, right? And prayer, great, devout, you know? A great challenge for us, too, to look at how we're doing our meditation. Yes. Yes. Yes, I just... You know, both of these, you know, all three of these quotes that were kind of thrown out there, I think they so, they're, they're again, all of them are pointing to other, right? Uh, our focus first and foremost is on our transcendent creator, God, the Father, 
God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then from there, what is God asking of us, right? Where does he need us to leap? Where does he need us to just tiptoe? How high does he want us to jump, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and having the openness, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, oh, no. um, good. to to, uh, to hear that holy call from God. Uh, you know, and we can get there through a number of uh, different avenues, through daily prayer, through doing centering prayer, but just invite our listeners into putting that time aside, putting the electronics aside, and opening yourself up to where is God speaking to you today? Yeah, I mean, pause this podcast right now. Just spend some time in silence and you can come back to it. I mean, yeah, that's more if you're listening to this podcast and you're not spending time in prayer. Uh, sp- I mean, if you can spend 10, 15, even 30 minutes in just silent, reflective prayer. Every day. That's transformational. That's where Absolutely. it should start. If if you can't do that, start small, but get to that. That's what your goal. Your goal should be that at least. Um, yeah, I mean. Again, I think not only just openness, but then also the willingness, the willingness to act, right? Because God is always, he's calling us to an action of sorts, right? Whatever that might be. And part of it is responding, responding. How do we respond to this? Um, Sometimes it's just responding in love, right? Sometimes it's, I need you to go here, or I need you to go there, I need you to go do this thing there. Absolutely. In fact, and we can add this into um, our prayer intentions at the end, we have a group from our church right now who is uh, serving just a little bit south of Chicago on a mission trip. You know, they are being called out to serve Mm -hmm. others and bring the love of Christ to uh, these folks, like I say, just south of Chicago. Yeah, we have a group that comes back on Saturday, I believe. I think they come back on Saturday from, they've been in Kansas City, Kansas for the last week. 30 young people and a handful of adults. Always being sent out, kind of like our reading from last Sunday, where, you know, Jesus sent the apostles out two by two. And now we hear about them returning this Sunday in the Gospels and coming away with Jesus to rest. But Anyhow, yes. that's that's an aside. <laughs> we, I don't know we, what happened to Bob because I feel uh, like we've been waxing eloquently on this, but maybe we've gone too long. Uh, maybe we'll just take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. All right, we're back for the Saint Spotlight. Terry's going to highlight Saint Bonaventure. We already gave a Saint Bonaventure quote, so if you're just jumping ahead to this portion of the show, you missed it. You should go back a little bit, but take it away, Terry. All right, thanks, Phil. St. Bonaventure of Bagnorigio. Uh, his feast day is July the 15th. He is the patron saint against intestinal problems, patron saint of bowel disorders, Bagnorigio, Italy, Bongia, Luca, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Cochiti, Indian Pueblo, and St. 
Bonaventure University in New York. Perhaps not a household name for most people, but St. Bonaventure nevertheless played an important role in both the medieval church and the history of the Franciscan order. Bonaventure was born in Bagneria in Tuscany, Italy. He is widely believed to have been born in the year 1221, although some accounts say 1217, to Giovanni of Fidanza, a physician, and Maria of Ritella. Originally baptized with the name of John, some sources recount that in his youth, St. Bonaventure was cured of a dangerous illness by the intercession of St. Francis of Assisi. He received the name Bonaventure in consequence of an exclamation of St. Francis of Assisi when, in response to the pleading of the child's mother, the saint prayed for John's recovery from a dangerous illness and, foreseeing the future greatness of the little John, cried out, O Bonaventura, O good fortune. No details about Bonaventure's youth have been preserved. He entered the Order of Friars Minor, the Franciscans, in 1238 or 1243, the exact year is uncertain. Having made his vows, he was sent to Paris to complete his studies. In 1248, he began to teach the Bible. From 1251 to 1253, he lectured on the Sentences, a medieval theology textbook by Peter Lombard, an Italian theologian of the 12th century, and he became a master of theology in 1254 when he assumed control of the Franciscan school in Paris. While in Paris, he also became the intimate friend of the great St. Thomas Aquinas, which Phil and I were talking about earlier. He received the degree of doctor together with St. Thomas on October 23, 1257. And like St. Thomas Aquinas, he enjoyed the friendship of the Holy King, St. Louis. In 1257, Bonaventure was chosen to serve as the superior of the Friars Minor. In this position, which he filled for 17 years, he brought peace and order. His impact was so great that today he sometimes is referred to as the second founder of the Franciscan order. His 17 years of service were not easy as the order itself was embroiled in conflicts over the interpretation of poverty. Some friars even ended up in heresy saying that St. Francis and his community were inaugurating the era of the Holy Spirit, which was to replace Jesus, the church, and Holy Scripture. But because he was a man of prayer and a good administrator, St. Bonaventure managed to structure the order through effective legislation. But more importantly, he offered the friars an organized spirituality based on the vision and insights of St. Francis. Always a Franciscan at heart and a mystical writer, Bonaventure managed to unite the pastoral practical aspects of life with the doctrines of the church. Thus, there was a noticeable warmth to his teachings and writings that make him very appealing. St. Bonaventure proposed a unified and collected text regulating the daily life of the Friars Minor. The text was accepted and ratified in 1260 by the general chapter of the order in Norbonne. 
Wishing to present an authentic image of life and teaching of their founder, he zealously collected documents about St. Francis of Assisi and heard testimonies of those who actually did know him. From this information, he compiled a biography of the saint that was adopted as his official biography by the general chapter of the Friars Minor in 1263. Bonaventure's wisdom and ability to reconcile opposing views moved Pope Gregory X to name him Cardinal Bishop of Albano, Italy in May of 1273. The Pope also asked him to prepare the Second Ecumenical Council of Lyon, which opened at Lyon, France, in, on May the 7th, 1274, an ecclesial event aimed at reestablishing communion between the Latin and the Greek churches. The Pope himself presided at the council, but he confided in the direction of its deliberations to Bonaventure, especially charging him to confer with the Greeks on the points of relating to their schism. It was largely due to Bonaventure's efforts and those of the friars whom he had sent to Constantinople that the Greeks accepted the union affected July 6, 1274. On July 15th, before the end of the council, he died suddenly and in suspicious circumstances. The 1913 edition of the Catholic Encyclopedia has citations that would suggest Bonaventure was poisoned, but no mention is made of this in the 2003 second edition of the new Catholic Encyclopedia. Bonaventure was buried the same day in the St. Franciscan Church at Lyon. He was canonized in 1482 by Pope Sixtus IV, he was later designated a doctor of the church by Pope Sixtus V. St. Bonaventure left behind a structured and renewed Franciscan order and a body of work, all of which glorifies his major love, that of Jesus. St. Bonaventure, pray for us. Pray for us. And there's that, maybe it's rumor. I don't have, I don't think I've ever actually found a source for this, but um, Pope Urban had requested both St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Bonaventure to write the hymns for this new this new feast that he was going to institute across the entire church, that of Corpus Christi. And it's said that when St. Bonaventure heard St. Thomas Aquinas's hymns, he tore his up. Again, oh, wow. I didn't, it's I've just rumor, right? It's sure. just rumor because I've never found any writing that substantiates that. I imagine Franciscans probably would not want that. But <laughs> we we know the hymns that St. Thomas Aquinas wrote, and they're amazing. So, you know, it's something to behold. But then if you dive into any of St. Bonaventure's writings, if you were to just a l dive a little bit into the mind's road to God. Uh, that's one of his more famous works, and you can find that online for free. I will link to it in the description. You'll see a little bit more about why this is one of many things that St. Bonaventure did. And again, like Terry mentioned, St. Bonaventure was very important to the Franciscan order in really helping to revive it. So 
Thank you, Terry. Beautiful. Looks like we got Bob back now. We've got Bob back in the in the fold. Oh, okay, right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else Keep you going. might be listening Keep to the going. podcast. Keep going. I'm Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. A link is in the description. We're up. We need a lot more. We need about 900 more subscribers. So you better subscribe now. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can always leave us comments on the platforms where you are listening to us, but it's even more beneficial if you send us a note an email, a voice message to strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. A link is in the description. For closing prayer, we're going to turn it over to Terry. St. <laughs> Bonaventure would recommend that you rate us five stars. Oh, that part. Yep. <laughs> Better rate us five stars, but at this point, I mean, you can keep rating us, but we've been out long enough that it's not going to have a huge impact. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Subscribe right. to the YouTube channel, people. Please. And tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody about this great Strange Catholics podcast you're watching or listening to, right? Indeed. Remember, Jesus says that we need to love sure. our enemies. What a better way That's... to love them than to share this beautiful presentation with them from the Strange Catholics. Go show. ahead, Terry. All right. Let's begin in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and heavenly Father, you are so good. You are our light and our joy and our good shepherd. And we just thank you for the blessings you bestow in our life. We thank you for the time together with my brothers in Christ here and with all of our podcast listeners discussing about the church and wonderful St. Bonaventure. And we are just so grateful that we are able to come together to to glorify your name through this great medium of podcasting. Heavenly Father, we come before you, humble servants, and we lift up in prayer these special intentions for protection of life from conception to natural death. For all those who are preparing for marriage, may the Holy Spirit open their hearts to the love that God has for them as the center of their married lives. For my daughter, Abby, who is about to give birth, and all those pregnant mothers who uh, are either uh, soon to give birth or very soon to give birth, may Jesus, the divine physician, protect those vessels of life and their babies. For all those who are suffering from COVID-19 or any illness, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. May the Holy Spirit bring them light, healing, and hope. For our Holy Father, who is still recovering from surgery, may the Holy Spirit shine down upon him and make his healing quick and his recovery speedy. For Jeff, that he may recover from his heart attack very soon. And for all world leaders that they advocate for peace. And for all missionaries who are out there doing God's work, whether it be in the United States or anywhere in the world, protect them and let them be the light of hope to their communities. And we pray, Father, for all these intentions and any intentions we may hold in our heart with your love our Lord Jesus Christ, 
We offer these up to you. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Look forward to having you with us next week. And until then, love your brothers. Love your brothers. Love your brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day. And may God bless you.